I was in a coma for six weeks while the doctors told my wife I was going to die. When I woke up, she told me the most fantastic story. My team kept running the business without me. Freelancers reached out to my team and said, we will do whatever it takes as long as Craig's in the hospital. I consider that the greatest accomplishment in my career. My name is Craig Andrews, and this is the Leaders and Legacies podcast, where we talk to leaders creating an impact beyond themselves. At the end of today's interview, I'll tell you how you can be the next leader featured on this show. Yeah, today I want to welcome Craig Paxson. He is uh, the founder and chief strategist of Visionary Horizons Consulting Group. He's also the co-author of the best-selling business book, Unstuck, 10 Proven Strategies for Breaking Through the Barriers to Small Business Growth. It helps you uh, build the value of your startup or business. Craig helps privately held businesses create a strategy to win in their market, have a PSV, we're going to learn what that's what PSV is, but to have a PSV business and execute that strategy one quarter at a time. A PSV business is profitable. It generates financial gain right now. It's sustainable. It will continue to generate financial gain in the future, and it's valuable. It can be sold for future financial gain. Well, Craig has done this before. He was the CEO of a local $8 million business while uh, guiding the merger with several other firms. After the transition, Craig decided to help other business owners and executives grow the value of their businesses and prepare for transition or exit. Craig, welcome. Thank you, Craig. Glad, glad to be here. This is going to get confusing with two Craigs, but hey, yes. I, I'm sure that we have a smart audience. I'm sure they'll figure it out. I'm sure. Absolutely. All right. So, wow, that's quite the thing. I, I mean, so let's break it down. I mean, it's kind of like if, if you have one sentence to kind of say, you know, what you do, who you help and how you help them, what would that be? Yeah. So I'm going to help privately help businesses, uh, small businesses. So less than 100 employees generally. Uh, create and then execute a strategy. Um, and what is strategy, right? Everybody and their brother says that they do strategy. Um, and I always like to say that, uh, you know, you, most people, when they do strategic planning, it's long on planning and short on strategy. It ends up just being a, what do we want to look like in five years or three years? And then let's break it down into small steps. That's just a project plan. That's not strategy. So we we help them create a strategy to win in the market, first of all, and then to get the business results that they desire. And then we teach them and help them execute that strategy one quarter at a time. So that's, that is in a nutshell, what we do. Yeah. And so, I mean, help me figure that out a little bit more because I mean, a lot of people, like you say, a lot of people use the term strategy. Um, could we do an example? Um, the um, hey, you know what? If if you're flexible, use me as a guinea pig, and uh, and uh, okay. we'll, we'll we'll see what um, we'll see what happens. So yeah. um, I'm you know I have a small business. I have a marketing agency, 
and you know we help people with high ticket sales and mm -hmm. you know um while i'm not looking at an exit obviously it, the day will come where i want to sell the business and you know get paid for it right yep so um so there's there's two two elements to this and the first one is how do you win in the market so what is the market that you play in right who are the the people that you're going after who are your competitors what does the market look like and then how do you win in that market so why do people choose Craig Andrews over somebody else in that particular market so that's that's the first question that we want to answer here so do you want to answer that yeah sure sure uh so i mean we're an inbound marketing agency that works with high ticket um high ticket um sellers there's a lot of people like us that do that. The one thing that we do that's very unique and haven't found anybody else doing this is we have a, we help people build uh, irresistible first-time offers. It's a stupidly cheap uh, offer that makes the high-ticket offer come sooner, um, sooner and more sure at a higher price. Okay. And right. and so the and let me just real quick. It's, you know, you've seen lost leaders out there. You know, for those who've been around the block a few times, remember Columbia House Records, 13 albums for a penny. Yep. That type of offer works for a simple, you know, core offer. But what I discovered is with high ticket, it um, those type of offers are completely useless. You need a complex uh, loss leader to lead okay. to a complex sale. Yep. All right. So you've started to describe your value proposition, right? So- who you who you're serving, who you're selling to, what you're selling, and then you kind of describe the pricing. So that's that's three elements of the six elements in the way that we describe a value proposition: the who you sell to, what you sell, and how it's priced. And pricing can be not just the amount; it can also be the frequency. Is it weekly, monthly? Is it one time? It can be the duration. Is it a one-time payment? Is it for a year? Um, and it can be the timing. Is it paid before or after the sale? Um, so those are, those are three elements. The other three elements is what I call the three whys. One is why do people need this service at all, right? So if we think about trucks, why does somebody need a truck? The second, the second why is why should they choose you over somebody else? That's differentiation. So we have need and differentiation. So why Ford versus... Toyota or Dodge or Chevy. Make sure I name them all so I don't um, alienate any particular people who are one brand over the other. Um, and then the third why is why should we trust you? And that trust can come either from um, pre-trust of like social proof or um, things like that, or post-trust of a guarantee, right? You're, you you mentioned uh, Columbia House Records, 13 records for a penny or whatever it was. So we're both old enough to remember the Domino's guarantee, 30 minutes or it's free. That's a trust guarantee, right? So so we answer those three whys, need, differentiation, and trust. So let's throw it back to you. Why do people need your service? Why should they pick Craig Andrews versus somebody else? And then why should they trust you? Okay. So why do they need it? Um for people who hate selling, um, we help them build an offer that does the selling so they don't have to resort to slimy sales techniques that make them uncomfortable. The um, 
So that was the first why. What's the second why? Uh, differentiation. Why should they pick you versus a competitor? Uh, so I've been looking and I legitimately can't find anybody else that's building these type of offers. A lot of people confuse us with uh, Alex Ramosi. Very, very smart guy. He's doing, he goes straight to the high ticket. He skips the, you know, the low ticket. So that's the differentiation. And then the um, the third is why they should trust us. Yep. Um, because first we did, you know, I did it just put food on the table because I'm one of those that's not good at sales. And mm-hmm. I had to change something. Uh, but we also have testimonials where we've immediately doubled people's closing rates. Awesome. And then do you offer any guarantees? We do. We, we've started rolling out a guaranteed, it's a guaranteed ROI in one quarter that basically the the net new gross profit, you know, and for those that aren't accounting, accountants, that means take what you expected in terms of gross profit, not gross revenue. Um, take what you expected and subtract from that your new gross profit that the net new gross profit will pay for itself uh will cover our fees within one quarter that's awesome that's a that's a great guarantee right so a guarantee is two things it's a promise and it's a penalty right so um i won't go into the penalties and all that kind of stuff but that's what a promise is so for for the listeners who are thinking about this every small business has a value proposition whether it is explicitly stated or not, right? Whether it's, you know, the lawnmower service or an HVAC company, a healthcare company, whatever it might be, every single business has a value proposition. They just, a lot of them, it's just developed over time and they haven't really thought through those six questions, right? So that's the first step that we want to go through is what is that value proposition? How do we win in the market? Yeah, and so let's let's summarize that because you know the, the guests don't know. I was I woke up yesterday morning in your fine city of Nashville and then drove all the way to Texas. I'm still in vacation mode. I've already forgotten all six of those things. Can you run through those again? Yep. So the value proposition is who do we sell to? What do we sell? And what's the pricing? And then the three whys. Why do they need this product or service at all? The need. Why should they choose you versus a competitor versus somebody else? And then why should they trust you? Including any guarantees or promises that you have, right? So those are the six elements. Now, the cool thing is for your listeners, I have a, there's a a PDF that I'll send to all of them. Um, It's called the 15 minute strategic plan. And it runs through all of that stuff um, very quickly because that, that value proposition is key. If you can't win in the market, what ends up happening with a lot of small businesses is they win in the market for two reasons. One is the owner, usually the owner is the rainmaker and he just has tons of connections, right? He pounds the pavement. He has connections. He gets sales just simply through magnetic personality. What happens if he gets run over by a truck, right? Um, goes into the hospital for a while, sales disappear. The other way that a lot of small businesses compete is it's strictly on price, right? So it's just we're gonna we're we're just competing with everybody else. We do the same thing as everybody else, and we're just competing on price. And you know, we we're gonna keep customers because maybe we're good at what we do, but the reason we get customers is because we're we have a low price. And as Seth Godin says, the only thing worse than winning a race to the bottom is coming in second. 
So we <laughs> don't want to compete on price. So having that value proposition and identifying what makes us different and what are our guarantees? Why should people trust us can completely turn that around? So now anybody can sell instead of just the owner. And there's not a competition. There's not this, we're competing solely on price, right? We can keep our prices higher because we have some other means for competition. And so that's the key for the value proposition. Very cool. And I believe we have a link to that to that. And we're going to include that in the show notes, but for anybody that's listening and we'll, again, this will be in the show notes. It's at bit.ly slash leaders dash legacies. And for those that aren't familiar with bit, bit.ly, it's a link shortener. So it's spelled B-I-T dot L-Y and then slash leaders dash legacies. And you'll get this. So let, let me, let's talk about leadership. I mean, this is amazingly powerful stuff and I can, you know, totally see how you 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 break it down you make it simple for people to grow and 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 build their business um how do you see yourself impacting lives oh boy the cool thing that one of the things that i love about working with small business owners or entrepreneurs and and i'm a i'm a volunteer member um a mentor at the nashville entrepreneur center so i get to work with a lot of either startups or, or micro businesses is they have a passion for something, right? Whatever it is, nobody, people start their business for two reasons. One is just to put food on the table. The other one is because there's some big problem that they see, but when, even if it's in the, the, I just need to put food on the table, they're choosing a particular business for a reason, right? They have an interest a passion and knowledge of that business and watching entrepreneurs and small business owners who know everything about home health care or uh, lawn mowing, right? It doesn't matter. Um, watch helping them with all the business stuff, right? They know more about, they're a nurse. They know more about home health care than anybody, but they don't know how to run their business. And that's what they need the help with and watching them learn how to, manage and run their business and lead their employees is like the biggest, it's the biggest thrill for me. Um, that's, that's what I, that's, that's the thing that I love most. When I was CEO, I had these four, um, young managers and they each basically had a profit center and the previous, uh, ownership didn't treat them like it was profit centers. They were just little order takers and stuff. And, I developed them into profit center managers and watching them grow into that role was the most fun that I had when I was CEO. That is the, that's the fun part, watching people grow. And now if, if, if a small business owner, and I'm probably talking way too much, it's what I do when I No, 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 keep going. When a small business owner can take the problem that they solve, what they're trying to do and they can increase their impact in whatever whatever business that they're in. You know, I'm teaching them principles that are multiplied who knows how many fold, tenfold, a hundredfold in their particular business, right? That I would never be able to do on my own. And so that's pretty cool. Um to to watch a I had a home healthcare client who who just exited their business um a few months ago and 
to watch them grow as leaders over a year to prepare their business to exit and the light bulbs come on and then learn how to delegate stuff out and and coach people up and hold people accountable in the right way and get their finances in order to prepare them for exit and watch their business impact more people who had health problems in their home than they ever thought possible. I could have, I could never impact that many people, right? I'm just impacting a small team and that small team it's multiplying it out to who knows how many other, um, other patients. And that's just, that's the awesome part. Sorry. Talk too long. No, I, I, you know, and I think that's one of the really cool things about consulting is when, when you look at, when you come at it from the perspective of what are the lives I'm impacting? How am I changing people's lives? As a consultant, you put food on more tables than you ever could as just being in your own company. Yeah, absolutely. You're changing outcomes. You're sending more kids to college. You're creating more doctors. You know, the ripple effects yep. are just yep. amazing. Absolutely. Yep. It's a uh, shoot 30 years ago or something. I was uh, a, um, a manager for a, a local printing company. And one of the, one of the um, young kids, he was only 19 years old and he had a baby and I gave him a hundred dollar bill, you know, just, Hey, go spend, do what you want. And he was just like, what the heck? And I was like, Hey, when you're, when you're in the right position, you'll be able to do this for other people, right? About five or six years ago, I reconnected with him. I hadn't seen him for 15, 20 years. I reconnected with him and he said, you remember that hundred dollar bill that you gave me? And I said, yeah. And he says, I've continued that tradition. He now owns his own small business. And he's like, I'm giving hundred dollar bills to all of my employees whenever something, some kind of thing like that with the same message. And they're doing it now to other people. And I'm like, holy, all I did was give the dude a hundred dollar bill and tell him he didn't have to pay me back. And now all of a sudden he's taken this and just made it even bigger, right? That's the leverage of some cool little, just some little act that you never think of can have so much leverage and impact across for people that you never, never meet, no, nothing, right? I mean, that's just like the, that, that's, that, that gets me going, right? That gets me going. Well, and, and, and that's what makes it easy to come into work. Absolutely. Yep. Do, you ever, do you ever run across somebody, do you ever have somebody come in and they, uh, as, as a potential client, as you're talking to them, you realize, uh, and I'm going to use a technical term, they're a, a greedy bastard and they're just trying to take, do you run across those? And when you do, what, how, how do you handle that? Um, yeah, I definitely run into um, situations where there's just not a good fit personality um, desires. Part of me wants to say ethics, but I hesitate to say that anybody's being unethical, but there's just a mismatch between what I want to do and what they want to do or, or how they're going to receive what I'm doing. Right. And there's definitely a mismatch. Um, And if I don't want to work with somebody who there's not that match, I want people to want to learn and get better who want to impact other people. Right. That's what I want. And if I run into a situation where the other person, the prospect 
doesn't have that same mindset, I would prefer not to work with them, right? Even if it means that, yeah, I'm taking in a little bit less income. Um, that's okay. Um, the right kind of clients will come along who I who I will feel good about helping, who will receive what I'm doing, who will help grow their own business, who will impact their employees and their customers. And when those people come along, that makes all of the ones that you passed by more than worth it for more than just money, right? Just watch watching that impact that you have. And so I just, I mean, when I run into that bad fit, just tell them no. I mean, hey, this isn't going to work for us. It's a bad fit. Sorry. Um, you know, you go find somebody else here, here, maybe a couple other people or uh, something else different that you can do to get the same things that you want out of it, but it's not going to be me. Yeah. And that's, and that's so important, you know, and, and, you know, I find for me, you know, we were using me as an example, we build people, uh, we build irresistible first time offers that lead to high ticket sales. What I found is for, for me to be able to find, and it's really helped me helping them discover the offer. Um, but before they can discover the offer, I have to move them out of a sales mindset into a serving mindset. And once people get that servant's mind mindset, that servant's heart, I'm not saying they didn't have it before, but you know, business owners have this insatiable desire to sell. And so for us to be effective, we have to kind of disrupt that for a short period of time to hear, hear their true servant's heart. And when we do that, that's when amazing things happen. Yeah. And I would imagine yeah. the same for you. It's just, it, it's, it, it's hard to make a, somebody who's just a taker successful because those Absolutely. are usually short-term gains. Absolutely. Yep. I agree hundred percent. You know, the, the flip side of that is for me, and I imagine a lot of your clients too, there's such a desire to give and serve. Sometimes we don't sell, right? Like, like, you know, we're giving and serving and they're having maybe some, you know, light bulb go off and little nugget of success. And that makes you feel good. And then you end up helping them and not actually selling anything to them. And so, you know, that's a, that's a different mindset shift for, for people who are, who care about the success of others. So how do you deal with that with your clients? Yeah. You know, it's, I run into people who I run into a variety of people. Obviously there's some people that overvalue what they do, but I think in the, for the whole, most people undervalue the, what they're bringing into people's lives. And, you know, so like Craig, what's obvious to you is not obvious to the people you help. That's why you're valuable. And the, and so I see people say, well, I shouldn't charge for that because this is just obvious. Like, no, it's obvious to you because you're the expert. And just because it's obvious to you doesn't mean it's valuable. Again, back to what you were talking about, the lives that you change. Think about how much you're changing somebody's life. I mean, for me, if it's somebody who hates selling, but because they're a business owner has to sell, it's it it it's a monumental change that we're bringing to their life. And even, you know, it's always them that come up with the deals. That's, I, I don't know, you know, that's the funny thing is they know their business better than I know the business. We're, I just create the environment for them to see the, the thing they're missing. Absolutely. Yep. That's, but that's exactly value. And that's, and like what you yep. do, you bring value into people's lives. Yep. 
you know, the mindset shift that me and my business partner were driving um, to Knoxville uh, for a, a meeting last week, and we were having this conversation um, and realized that, you know, the fees that I charge as a consultant are as much to enable me to live so that I can serve more clients, right? Like if I was giving all this advice and helping people with, with their problems for free, I wouldn't be able to do it. So, you know, um, I need to charge people money so that I can serve them. Otherwise I'll be, you know, I'll be just working in a corporate job or flipping burgers and McDonald's. Right. So having that mindset shift of, of, I'm I'm asking them for money so that so that they're allowing me to do what I do and serve them and serve others um was was sort of an aha moment to th- have that thought process of why I charge people money when I get such joy out of just watching them get better with regardless of whether they're paying me or not. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I tell you what, uh let's let's see if we can wrap up with this. What's was there a white knuckled moment where you feel like your leadership was put to the test? You know, you had oh to make gosh. a decision and it was scary. You weren't sure how it was going to work out, but you, you, you made a decision. Wow. Um, yeah. When I became CEO, um, you know, and it was a small company, right? $8 million, only roughly 50 people. And earlier in my career, I managed, you know, many, many, many more people than that with many, many, you know, a much, much bigger budget, but I was not the CEO, right? The buck didn't stop with me. There was always a boss or several above me. Um, at one point in my career, I worked for IBM. I had, you know, a hundred over 150 people and I was a profit center manager, but heck there was, who knows how many people before you got to, uh, um, the CEO, right? Um, but I became CEO and all of a sudden it was just me, right? And every decision that I made had a direct impact on the livelihood of the people who worked for me, right? If I made a bad decision and they suffered, that might affect their paycheck in the fact, you know, and the way they can provide for their family. And that be, that was, that moment of realization from if I screw up and make a really bad decision here and I have to let people go or we're not producing and they don't get overtime, um, I have to, you know, rearrange the staff because now I, I made a bad decision and this product line is going down and I have to move somebody from one place to another place. I'm affecting their lives directly. And that was scary. I was you know, I was like, holy, but I had to make decisions, right? You, you, ha- you just, you can't do nothing. You have to make decisions. And, you know, I, I had to let somebody go who had been there for quite a long time. Um, I, it was a little bit scary because that person had, had their hands in everything. Mm. Um, and there was a lot of people who were dependent on that person. But I knew, you know, it wasn't the right fit. So I had to let that person go. And it was a little scary because for uh, for a few minutes, we were all like, what are we going to do now? But just like whenever that situation happens, you're always better off in the long run. So, you know, you just have to make the decision. 
Um, but that little white knuckle moment of if I screw this up and this business goes under because of my decision, all of a sudden there's 50 people who are losing their jobs, not looking for work. And oh my God, Paxson, what are you going to do? Right. And it's scary. Um, but you know, you have to make the decision and do what you do. And I'm assuming out. it worked out that way. The, it worked the, out. The, the uh, worked meteorite out. didn't hit the planet and blow everything up. Nope, it did not. And uh, you know, a year and a half later or so, um, you know, we were we were, we were merged with another couple of companies, and it all worked out. It all worked out well. Well, and that's that's such an important lesson. The you know the fallacy of believing that you have an irreplaceable employee uh, or team member. You know and you know, and there's so many sides of that, but thanks for sharing that story. Uh, Craig, thanks. Thanks for coming on today. And so again, you have, you have a resource. It's a 15 minute, what, how'd you call it again? It's the 15 minute strategic plan. So it's a short PDF that will walk um, the user through how to create a value proposition that will win in the market and then begin to execute that strategic plan there. We didn't get very far into my whole planning process with this, but it will walk them through how to do that. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm excited to share it. So it's a nice little, nice little PDF download, the 15 minute strategic plan that you can get at, at bit.ly um, leaders dash legacies. And uh, I'm excited to share it with everybody who's listening. All right. And other than that, how do people reach you? Uh, so you can go to visionary vh consultinggroup.com and um there's a a button on there at the in the menu to click a discovery call click a discovery call i'm happy to have a conversation well i love your heart for how you're changing many many lives through the through the companies you consult and i do hope people will reach out to you craig thanks thank you, for craig. being on leaders it. and legacies thank you this is awesome This is Craig Andrews. I want to thank you for listening to the Leaders and Legacies podcast. We're looking for leaders to share how they're making an impact beyond themselves. If that's you, please go to alliesforme.com slash guest and sign up there. If you got something out of this interview, we would love you to share this episode on social media. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone who would be a great guest, tag them on social media and let them know about the show, including the hashtag Leaders and Legacies. I love seeing your posts and suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss anything, please go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show. And it means a lot to me. It means a lot to my team. If you want to know more, please go to alliesforme.com uh, or follow me on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.